if I'm going to bargain. I'll take their lies and their secrets down with me. A chosen champion of the gods. Better remember the name Hunted Jewel, because the next time you see me, I'm going to be buying out the whole bar. Welcome to Tale of Eleven Fates. Welcome indeed. Let's set the mood. Let's paint a picture. There is glory to be found, and it is on the horizon. And where that horizon starts, same as this world, is your world is out there on the east. Uh, that's where the sun rises here. And we're at the farthest eastern point. Today is the day of a strange little festival. In the town of Daybreak, our story starts in Daybreak. It's the farthest eastern town on this continent. Eastern city, really. It's large. It has yearly festivals. It has gatherings. It boasts quite a many citizens. And it's middle of the night. We pan up and can kind of work our way through the streets. For you Earthlings, this would be more of like a uh, Renaissance Venice. You've got lots of, you know, of these nice, white, stark walls. We've got tiled roofs, but here there's also lots of color of pastels splattered into the walls. We have cobblestones running through. We have pieces of nature here and there, and all the roads lead to the center of town, much like a wheel, as all of these streets are interconnected. You can go around the rings, and you can cut through, and you can always find yourself to the town square. Big, open area. Nice, tall bell tower that's actually built around a, a bit of a strange obelisk structure. And as we pan around this city and go through our streets, the camera pauses at the base of a tree. The camera slowly rises up and you'll see a man sleeping in the tree at about four in the morning on this day. It's spring. It's warm. It's uh, interesting, though, that in the heart of such a large, vibrant town, there's a man sleeping in a tree. And that brings us over to our uh, first player who gets to introduce themselves. Nestor. Paint us a picture of this man we see in a tree. In this tree is a uh, 35-year-old man who has the rugged look of someone whose whole life has been on the hunt. And that person is Cassilian Dydrove. And he is a human ranger. And he grew up in a small town called Alpine's Peak. And just about everything about him looks like he has crashed into one too many trees. His like leather is scratched up all over. His pants look kind of torn up in some places. His boots look like they've been worn. You can tell he's definitely been shot at by a few arrows. Um, but sitting on top of all of that is a, a very beautiful and almost unscathed green cloak with uh, gold and purple detailings around the uh, around the outside and the tapestry of a, of a tree on the back. And he is laid out 
on top of a branch on a tree right next to the inn because his whole life has been spent out in nature. He decided that at the end of the night, after a few drinks, he would rather be anywhere else, but still in the inn. And so he went outside, found the first tree that he could climb up with, that he could climb up that was tall enough to ignore people. And he laid out and at 4 a.m. in the morning, he's he's coming to and still trying to decide whether or not he wants to get up at this morning. and. He's just looking around and surveying the people and, and the and the, and the neighborhood that he's in and remembering why he how he got here. And for those first few moments, it's it's quiet. It's groggy. You can hear a bird chirp off in the distance and it decides to go back to sleep and you can kind of see what looks like the first door and the first light open just down the street. And you're like, oh yeah, another early bird, just like yourself. And about ten seconds later Every door on the street flies open. Everyone is fully dressed. They look incredibly well. They come bustling out, bumping into each other, carrying large trays. And it is a flurry of about three to four minutes as everyone goes passing by, opening and closing windows, shutting doors, banging on pots and pans as people crash into each other. Carts go swiftly by. And in about five, six minutes after, seems like everyone has now settled somewhere else than the doors that they just threw open. Oh, okay. I, I think Cassilian, who goes by Cass for short, I think Cass is like not overwhelmed, but definitely caught off guard by how quickly the whole dynamic changed and then changed again. And he just kind of sits up, looks around and affectionately sort of like, you know, gives the tree trunk a, a rub and a pat and says, Thank you, my queen. And jumps off like everything on his back and just kind of lands down, looks around. Well, I thought we were getting the day started. Uh, And you kind of can see into the window of the inn. I mean, this tree was maybe 10, 20 feet down the road that you found and are able to kind of peer back into the window. And that inn, it was moderately attended last night for drinks uh today there are cobblers working on tables there are uh, people folding intricate patterns uh there are just packages getting wrapped it seems like the kitchen has extra staff and they're just preparing food and throwing them off to these people with like big rolls of butcher paper and then you can see someone like almost like they forgot and they run to the door, hang a piece of paper on it, tap it into the door and slam the door back shut. And they see you kind of in the street through the window and they're just like, no distraction, stay and just go over it and close off the uh, curtains. <laughs> and then as he sees this, he goes, that's fine. I didn't need anything, I guess. <clears throat> and he just kind of keeps wandering around, just trying to like peer into windows and get the get get a sense of the vibe that that people are in this morning that they're they're so jostled yeah you you'll be able to poke around a few you see homes that are perfectly set up seems to be fine organized maybe a couple places still have some like steaming hot tea on their counters that you can see through the window um but as you find places business or places with adequate space you see people just kind of packed in arm to arm 
working on their various crafts. You see leather makers, you see cobblers, you see, you know, blacksmiths like repairing things, handymen, kind of all sorts, but pretty much all indoors. It, it seems like if the work day started, they're all in their groove by now. But you know that everyone just woke up and ran somewhere about 10 minutes ago as you kind of like walk up and down these streets. Um, but, but it seems like there's a lot of preparation, a lot of hubbub kind of where you go. And as far as the streets go, pretty quiet. Occasionally, you'll uh, off in the distance see kind of a horse and a, a rider just kind of going in and out of the streetways, just galloping quite quickly. The first time you see them, they have a large bag of flyers or papers. The third or fourth time you see them, it's an empty bag kind of just flapping behind them. I think probably after the third or fourth time I see them, Cass walks up and is like, hey, what the hell is going on here? Don't don't people sleep in this town? Oh, oh, or... oh, oh, so, sorry, sir. Oh, uh, no, we we certainly do. It's just uh, today's a festival day, but we're still obligated to get our work in. So everyone's trying to get in their full hours before noon. So, uh, you know, work doesn't wake for the sleeping and kind of just like get, giddy ups and starts heading on his way. I think this prompts Cass to look around and go, you're all trying to work, get your work done before the work day what and now he's like oh and, and and as that happens a door kind of just swings open behind you and a woman just backing out of the door and like kicks it shut and she just has a like a three foot by three foot tray in her arms that's just stacked and stacked with a pyramid of just loaves of long bread kicks the door behind her and goes oh you're, 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 um, um, Cassilian? In the flesh. Oh, it's so, it's so nice to meet you. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, my, my, Pleasure's my, mine? my, my father, uh, 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 Butch Lloyd, I, I think you may have stayed his inn on the way into town. <laughs> uh, he, he writes about all the travelers and, 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 and gives us the words. So it's, uh, great to hear from you. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to what you might, uh, bring to our, uh, sleepy little town these days. You're Butch Lloyd's daughter? Oh yes, he's a uh, he. Uh, the the youngins were were my kids actually. They're they're out there for the spring, help, helping him l learning what that uh outward life is. W w would you mind as she like has a dropped a, a like loaf and has it like in her like crook of her arm? Yeah, I just just put it back on top of the pile. Actually, do, do you do you want to walk for a bit? He just yeah, he just takes like a ton off the top and and like takes the like picks up the bottom set of his cloak which is you know again immaculately clean and he just stacks a bunch of them into his cloak and makes the like a you know kind of like a carrying bag mm -hmm. just out of the end, ends basket. of his cloak yeah oh thank you oh oh got got a rugged look my uh my father didn't quite capture i am married though so let's walk uh <laughs> i wasn't i didn't forget it no no it's yeah, it's, it's, it's for me way. it's my, my reminder um but yes no I, I just have a delivery to make coming down here uh what brings you to town well i guess a festival now oh yeah it's 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 quite the sight to be seen you never quite get used to it and it's not quite the same every year so uh very excited to have you and um oh uh this is Thanks. actually my stop uh short walk but a good walk can i do you need a listen i'll be honest i you know i was I was here looking for work. This festival thing has sort of caught me off guard. Do you need a hand with anything? I don't. Um, if okay. you're looking for work, I think up your alley. Uh, All work is up my alley. Be around the town square around noon. Okay. Well, here you are. And he kind of tries to like 
like sort of smoothly like open the basket mm-hmm. and you can tell that like maybe he carried more than his load and a couple of the bread rolls are falling out and he's like oh sorry so uh, just, we always make extra right then you'll you don't mind if i i'll just just keep one of these oh please least i could do happy festival where are like, kicks twice on a door and it swings open and yeah there's just tons of people that like cheer and like grab her slash the bread cart and like bring her in and the door slam shut behind yeah i think at this point like now that he's like getting an idea of everybody working Cass wants to climb onto the roofs of of this town and get like a sort of downward look into like the back areas of where people are working like if they're working in the out back behind buildings and alleyways and all that kind of stuff i just kind of want to like get like an overview of the town now that i'm you know i'm like okay I'm, I'm awake i'm a little bit more conscious let me see if i can get a better idea of what's actually happening around me sure thing yeah go ahead and get me a athletics roll to scale one of these buildings oof uh, six, <laughs> six. Um, well, that dice is done for the day. <laughs> it, it, it's definitely a bit tricky. It, it's one of those things of you're like, oh yeah, these these aren't like the newest, and these aren't completely sheer walls. I'll get on this barrel. I'll get on this fence, and like the fence beam kind of like buckles a bit, and you're like, all right, I could continue and potentially hurt myself. I'm still looking for work. Maybe I back down off of this and you, you you spend a bit of time and for the next hour or so, it's definitely keeping your ears out for where you might want to spy climbing up over fences and things like that. You wander for about two or three hours. Sun started to come up and eventually you do kind of find like this ladder pushed up against the side of a building and you're able to to squirrel your way up there and get on these tile covered roofs all about between two two and a half stories so while you're on this block you can kind of roam around and down below you do see a courtyard it looks like this uh courtyard back behind some of these houses is almost like a shared smithing area and you can just see all kinds of metal workers it's jewelers it's artisans it's blacksmiths uh everyone's kind of pitching in 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 weird ways you you got you know even kids helping out making nails of just like pulling them out of the fire and throwing them into the water you you got you know grandpas working and showing their kids you know how, how to make a fine silver ring and things like that um and there you can sit and kind of watch in this back courtyard it's a lot of people you'd thought would be retired as well as people that might not be shouldn't be working at their ages yeah i think as as Cass sits and like maybe on a bench and he's kind of stretched out legs out and he's eating this bread he just sort of whispers to himself where did you bring me to this time and why am i here that's where the camera kind of pans up and shows that rising sun a small bit of a time lapse as it climbs a little bit higher into the morning and we come back down on a road leading into town it's the outskirts there's a a bit of a city wall off to the side you can see an orchard in the distance with all sorts of fruit plenty of people out there picking away and, and and working and then as you pan over to the road you can see a woman and a horse coming in at breakneck speed just galloping on into town and and, and as they kind of reach that city wall that's open seems to be welcoming people has banners has 
a few too many guards at it, it we do see coming into the shot our second player of the eve, Alondra, Lady Bedivere. Tell us about this woman on horseback. Rowena Smythe is short-ish. She's about 5'4", but she's looks like she's known a good day's work in her life. She's pretty well-defined, and she's even a little bulky right now in full leather armor with a shield strapped to her back and a sword at her side. It's a little incongruous because it looks like she's wearing it essentially over work clothes, long, maybe even a men's sort of work shirt, pair of trousers, long dark hair that's just pulled back in a very simple braid just to keep it from blowing in her face while she rides. As she gets up to the walls of the city, she tries to start gently reining the horse in so that they're not going to go trampling fully into whatever sort of checkpoint might be uh, at this place and starts to assess her surroundings, kind of get a read on what's going on, why there's so much activity already. As someone who is a craftswoman herself, she's used to getting up early in the morning and working, but this seems like a lot of people, even for this time of morning. Oh, very much so. You've you've been in the trades a while, and you know that only the hardest workers are up at this hour and have the amount of sweat that these workers have. Um, and as you kind of ride by them, it definitely raises your eyebrow. And the thing that really gets your attention is uh, coming up to the gate, there is 20 guards up at the front, all with smiling faces. Uh, they see you approaching. They all kind of stand at attention with their long spears. They all have that unison salute. And then they all say, welcome to daybreak and then, like, present you forward. Thank you. Could one of you point me in the direction of uh, nearest uh, inn or any other place where I could maybe stable the horse? Uh, certainly, as, like, three people go in and then, like, someone that has, like, some more decoration on, like, their breastplate just kind of, like, coughs. Absolutely. Uh, it's going to be down this road, uh, the third left... Uh, go ahead and take that. There is a uh, nice stable, and that'll actually put you into the backside of an inn. And then from there, you actually have a uh, pretty good view of the town square. <laughs> town square, the town center. It's not really the center, and it's not really a square. The uh, gathering place uh, that you so choose. It's got the bell tower. There's more buildings on the other side, but, you know, this one's a bit more towards the front. Welcome to Daybreak. Thank you. She's just going to kind of look around at all this activity. It's, she's a little on edge. This is making her really uneasy, uh, especially the sheer amount of attention that she has already gotten just by arriving. So she's just- gonna... Boys, patrols! As like the captain like taps his long spear and they just all kind of like attend up and like break out into groups of three and just start marching. Kind of like two groups are marching back and forth. Um, and then the other two kind of just one goes to the right and one goes to the left on the outside perimeter of the wall. She thinks about asking this guy another question, thinks better of it, just dismounts and walks the horse in, following the directions that he gave her to a stable. It's a bit of a strange sight. For all the hubbub that you saw on the outskirts of town, the town is pretty quiet. You've never been here. You, you've heard it's nice. It lives up to the craftsmanship. Uh, the walls seem nice. You like a lot of this color. Um, it's it's not nearly as colorful where you come from. But yeah, these nice pastels and, and where there's not color, there's this stark white. Lots of things to catch the light here. Um, seems to live up to its name. Um, and yeah, you walk through and when you 
turn around the corner and can actually see the stable, you can see a line of horses, horse after horse, kind of like tied up going the opposite way. And there's just a team of like 12 people just reshoeing every horse all the way down the line. There's another team just like brushing them. It seems like all of the horses are getting the attention today. And uh, someone kind of just walks up to you and like, hi, uh, new in town? Uh, yes, I just arrived. I was. Um, yeah, we can we can stable your horse here. Do you do you do you need a room? Uh, ha- happy happy to host you. Uh, yeah, yes, uh, I think a room would probably be ideal. That would be great. Yes. Um, great. There's a, there's a lot going on. Is everything? Are, are you mobilizing? Or, or oh, oh, oh! No, it's 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 for a good reason. We have um 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 a um celebration today, and it's um uh, but it's important that we still work. Um, just yeah, yeah. It's just a matter of we we, we still need to get a day's work of work done. But by time noon comes around, we all want to enjoy the festival. So it's just kind of one of those things. If you get up early, you you, you do the work, and then you enjoy twice as much of the day. Um, very practical. Yeah, yeah. Um, what 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 brings you here? Are you just? Oh, I uh just um happened to be passing by and needed a place to rest the horse great well if you stay long uh good for you but uh hopefully you're off to bigger and better things uh um shall shall i take take him her him him uh Uh. um yes uh he just he he just needs to be fed he doesn't need uh, i I did most of the attention and he's only just been reissued and all of that so uh just a, a place where he can take a nap uh, yeah, looks real tired. Uh, yeah, we we definitely have an open stable. These are just uh, passing through, doing what we can for the community. And um 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 yeah, yeah he, and like pulls out kind of like a pad of paper and like writes down like the description of your like horse like twice uh, on the same thing, and then rips off the bottom half for you. And like um uh, th- there you go. And if you uh like uh we, th- that gives you also a um pay up in the inn, and then you also can stay at the end for better and it's bulk deal. Um cheers and like starts to like lead your horse off to one of the stables Th- thank you just take the paper and head into the inn i guess it's a it's an interesting sight coming through that back door you can hear the kitchen is rorous with clanging with chopping the windows are full of like overflowing plates of food that people are just like kind of like grabbing and throwing in to like boxes and and, and getting them wrapped up you have people making boxes out of like stiff paper off to the side um there is just kind of a bit of a process just kind of like a, a, a shorter like woman sifts through the crowd and you're like hello do you need a room? We have plenty ready for you, actually. Um, if you just need one, um, we, we can get you a bite to eat. I think we have stuff. This is all for later. Can can set you up. You look weary. Um, a, a, a bit of a rest? Yes, I think uh, maybe a bit of a rest and a freshen up would probably be about right. I've been riding most of the night. I don't know if you're ever traveled the road coming in but you know oh. it gets a little bit uh oh too adventurous for my blood um but no ha- ha- happy to be here uh you- you're more than welcome to wash up and she like slips away through like a couple of people driving like just carrying things around the shop and just kind of slips on back uh here's a key uh first door actually slips back grabs another key slips back last door on your right uh that will hopefully keep the noise down uh wash bucket everything you need will be in there um should have some fresh water for you uh go ahead and freshen up and if you like uh slips away comes back with like a wooden folding chair it's a bit loud in here uh borrow this for the day and uh maybe take it to the town square might be uh more your pace 
Anyway, uh, we'll settle up when you leave. Cheers. Slips on back into the kitchen and just immediately starts yelling at people and be like, that garnish doesn't go there. That needs to go there. He's coming in here. What do you think this is? Amateur night? And like flips over a bunch of pans and stuff. Rowena does kind of chuckle to herself. This is very reminiscent of her teenage years working in the tavern. And she's just like, ah, yes, I don't know what's going on, but I know what's going on in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just head up to the room to try to clean up a little bit and also probably ditch the some of the more uh, aggressive looking weaponry and swap things around. As you do, you, you make your way. All of the rooms have the doors cracked. It seems like they're all unoccupied, but you do have a key for the one at the far end on the right. Um, and it matches, it locks. It's just a full keyhole that you can like see through. So you use the key to lock it from both sides. And when you get there and kind of settle into place, you have a nice view of this big courtyard gathering area. The guards seem to mumble about and it's a bit of a strange occurrence. Uh, you, you can see a couple of groups of people out there. You can see a, a dwarf kind of leaning up against this bell tower towards the center, just kind of eyeing the rest of the groups. You, you see a group of about five or six paladins that all have big, heavy armor, great swords at the ready in front of them, and they all seem to have their heads bowed in prayer. All almost identical as far as armor sets go. Tall stature, wide-chested. And then you have just various groups of other people in armor with weapons and crossbows and bows over their back that are kind of just kicking a leather ball back and forth to each other. It's not quite an inflated ball. It might be filled with like sand. But yeah, it seems like they're catching it and throwing it back to each other with their feet. Occasionally someone tries to headbutt it and get get a bit of a headache. But it, it seems like there's probably about a dozen adventurers just waiting in the courtyard. That, again, kind of piques interest, but also concerns her. So I think I think she decides to skip any sort of rest and just kind of freshens up, switches out her shirt for one that she hasn't been riding in all night. And seeing how heavily armed so many people are in the courtyard, she's just going to resuit back up with her, her leathers, strap her shield, grab her sword pull her hammer out of her bag and tuck it in because she's also seen a lot of tradespeople around, so she's not sure what she might need. And she's going to head out, lock the door behind her, and head to the square to kind of see what the heck is going on. Sure thing. It's definitely an interesting sight. You, you have these like little cliques of people. You've got this loner dwarf who has just the strangest appearance to you. It, it, it's just some really basic armor, and then it has just these overly intricate bracers from his wrists to just below his elbows, just like silvers and coppers line the top of it. Um, And it seems to be like a black tarnished metal underneath held in by like leather straps. He's got this big black beard with like four braids with silver rings that clamp at the bottom to keep it all nice and neat, kind of short slicked back hair. But the real strange thing is Every piece of visible skin you can see, which would be like the ankles, the hands, the elbows and upper arm area, and even on like the sides of his neck as he kind of walks around, has this black pattern of just these small little lines going back and forth, making kind of these zigzag patterns. And next to each zigzag pattern is another intricate zigzag pattern. They're probably eighth inch lines with eighth inch gaps between them very well done but like 
very much heavy line work all up and down with maybe quarter inch long pieces of line all kind of sitting into each other of this zigzag pattern wherever you can see. And he just kind of eyes the other groups, group of paladins praying and a group of young-blooded adventurers kicking around some sort of leather sack. She's gonna walk up to him and just kind of, you know, doesn't want to be too intrusive, but she is intrigued and just kind of, oh, some fine metalwork you got there. Specialty? Oh, problem solver. Ah. I, uh, G is what my friends call me and uh, reaches out a hand. Takes it. Rowena. I uh, appreciate it. Nice to, nice to meet you. Not a lot of people are uh, willing to talk with the likes of a dwarf here. I'm always willing to talk to someone who's uh, wearing such fine craftsmanship. <laughs> Thank you. Um, old friend put these together. Um, s- served me well over the over the ages. Well, must have done, given how well they're holding up. I don't. Don't mind. I, I do take good care of them, and they've oh, been course. repaired a, a time or two. But uh, yeah, so uh, glad you. That's what you notice. Well, you know, spent a lot of my life looking for little details that uh, other people don't notice. I can appreciate that. The uh, attention really is in the details. Um, do you mind if I give you a gift? I'm sorry. Yeah, it's just I don't. I'm trying to build up my reputation a little bit more. Just a small thing. D- did a job and they paid me in pearls, but no one ever wants them. And he like comes out with like this leather like bracelet that has seven pearls just kind of like inlaid on the top of it. And just, it'd mean a lot if you wear that around for me. She's caught very off guard. And so she's going to just try- do her best to crack a joke and just kind of look and be like, it's not cursed, is it? <laughs> no, 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 it is not cursed. Um... Yeah, I don't know how one would go about proving that. Here, um, and he like puts it on his wrist, like kind of just up above his bracer a little bit. He's like, none of my hair is falling out. Still the same shape. And um, yep, still have the uh, aftertaste of uh, breakfast. So I think we're good. Well, um, good enough for me, I guess. Um, are, are you sure? This seems like an awfully valuable gift to be given to a stranger. I've got plenty and like he actually like does kind of like reach under and he pulls out like four or five more of these bracelets again um, pearls are a little too small for someone that actually wants to buy them and they're a little too big to be ground into materials so um I don't know trinkets some uh, goodwill paint it forward if you will right well um it's very kind of you if I can uh, do anything for you in return please let me know I'm uh I'm a smith, so uh, horseshoes, armor, anything you can think of. If it's metal, I can hit it. She kind of pats her smith's hammer in her belt. Will do. I'll, uh, I'll look forward to working with you. Not sure when, but uh, I think it'll happen. He like, tucks all the bracelets back in. Uh, if you don't mind, I'm a bit parched. Um, grab a pint? Certainly. Kind of uh, walk off to the street. Um, as, as he makes his way down, it seems like there's a window that's just handing out various beverages to people that need them. It's kind of like a watering hole. And and the, the camera will kind of shift away as the two of you walk and then back down that uh, alleyway that leads all the way back out to that front gate. As the camera goes zooming, we see the sun rise even higher into the sky, almost to that high noon point. And we can see in the lead 
our next player just smoking these two women that are also chasing after him in a in bit of a leather armor, clanking around with their backpacks. The two girls are just behind him, like, we're going to be late, we're going to be late. I'm like, no, we're not, no, we're not. We're going to be late, we're going to be late. No, we're not, no, we're not. And you just got like 10, 15 feet easy on them. Not as much as a sweat as a Zep. Who do we see leading the charge of this flying V? So you see running up to daybreak is Hunted Jewel, who is a tabaxi. If you don't know what tabaxi look like, uh, he is a cat boy. Uh, dark, tabby-patterned, long fur, uh, about 21 years old, wearing what basically amounts to uh, well-traveled Jedi robes that looks like he uh, is just finished walking across the continent. Uh, he's energetic, curious, definitely to a fault. And yeah, it, that energeticness, that curiosity kind of ran you into a, a late night gab session with the, with the two behind you. They're uh, twin adventuring uh, women about your age. Uh, you, you were actually able to meet up with them last night in the uh, tavern. You, you happened to stay um, out in uh, Aria and you just got to talking. They had all these strange stories of different cities and lands and kind of just were swapping tales with them all night until you realized oh, it's, it's three in the morning and then you of course overslept and then you realized oh no that means I'm late for leaving and that means I need to put a step on it so of course the three of you are all like well I'm the fastest I'll get there first and so the sprint from out of town started as early as possible and you've you've been going at it for for quite a few hours the other two are very much winded very sweaty and this is one of the longer runs you've done but it is worth it. You know what is ahead of you. You know about this festival. And you're excited to get there. And as you come to, you can see lots of people frantically like moving big barrels. It seems like it's almost time. You know that it's almost high noon, that this could kick off at any moment. And you can see, you know, those 20 or so guards can see all three of you uh, kind of running and they've tapped their spears and they're in ready position. And as you come up, they salute you. Hunted Jewel just immediately stops as he sees the glint of one of those fine, fine looking spears. And he and he stops and looks back and looks and sees the, the other two are running up. And he looks back and kind of like touches the spear as it's kind of like held held out and is like, hey, you guys, you guys see any action with this? This, this looks pretty clean. And he's like um, rubbing his finger on it. Uh, finest craftsmanship. We actually get a new one every year. Um, and then we recycle the metal and turn it into other things. So this one, not yet. Um, <laughs> fingers crossed it doesn't. So is your is your plate here? And he taps his, his chest. Is, was that a spear? Uh, that was a fang, actually. A pa pack of wolves a couple weeks ago. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, it's it's interesting. It's I, I love seeing how people do things on this side. Oh, oh God, they're getting they're they're catching up. Um, point me to they're the center of town. Uh, right down that way, you can actually see the bell tower. Uh, we'll see you there. Okay, great. Um, yeah, this is this is gonna be great. Hey, and I'm gonna remember you when I win. All right, I'll see ya. And he and he runs runs straight towards the middle and just doesn't care what the guards think, doesn't look back to see if mm -hmm, the two mm -hmm. women are catching up. Two, uh, two women anything. are maybe 20 or 30 feet away. Like you did get some ground at that last with that excitement of a sprint and they kind of just keep jogging around like, we're coming to. 
as they also kind of jog and follow because they don't more importantly they don't want to lose to each other as twins they definitely have that rivalry and you come charging into town and and right as you kind of get to the end there out of like the last possible door kind of flies open and this woman just with this cart or not so much a cart but like a giant tray of just Beerstein, 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 three high pyramid comes toting out and is like, all right, refills will be. And she just turns around and is just right in your path. Uh, give me a deck save to see if you come crashing into this. Baseball person. slide. Baseball slide. Uh, that, that's that the goal is a uh, 22. Ooh. Nice. Yeah, you you definitely come running. You're still in the full sprint. She has that oh surprised and like is just shrugging and like bracing for impact. And it's just enough to like bring up her apron so you don't get caught on it to actually just baseball slide underneath. And, and yeah, you're able to keep on going in, into it. Um, nonetheless, she does just kind of like drop everything anyway. And just like, oh, oh, and she just goes. As you're running away, you're like, uh, 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 Jules. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's me. Do do I know you? No, oh, no. You you um <laughs> you had drinks with with my father. Uh, I'm 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 Lara Lloyd. Uh, B- Butch Butch Lloyd, my my dad. Oh, he's you, he's he's watching my kids. Your dad's Master Lloyd. Yeah, yeah. He he uh wrote wrote about you, and I've 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 heard great things. I think I think you're bound for glory. Oh, hey, me too, and. Thanks for I, when I make it, I'm gonna replace all those all those mugs. Look, I'm 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 really sorry. Oh, don't worry about those. We have extras, and honestly, they were cracked beforehand. And she like starts putting them back up, and she just like looks up. Ladies, will you help me? And just like gathers them together immediately, so you can go finish touching the bell tower to to win your race. Oh, cool. Thanks. Uh, it's it's good to, good to meet you. Um, right right back to to Master Lloyd that I that I made it. I I know he said he was worried about me, but I told him there was there was nothing to worry about. Okay, bye. And, and just kind of kind of waves you off as she's like strong arming these other two adventurers kind of like pirouetting them back. I'm like, no, no, I do need the help. I really do. Thank you. You're such such good adventurers. And, and as you kind of come skidding into town, um, you see a, a strange array of people. You've definitely touched the tower. You've won your race. This doesn't feel like a festival. There's a circle that has their backs to everyone of, of some paladins that's grown to about eight or nine people, all with their like large claymores in front of them in prayer. Y- you got a group of maybe 10 or 12 adventurers that are kicking around some sort of sack filled with rice. And you have this dwarf kind of like off in the corner and just seems to be chatting with a woman periodically. Seems like they're struggling for small talk, but the the thing that catches your eye, the paladins, you've kind of seen some on the road. You've never seen a dwarf, and this dwarf looks bizarre. He's got those strange lines all up and down him. Uh, you're fairly certain dwarves do not have fur or pattern. It's a bit strange, um, and more importantly, he has these very intricate, like, master quality bracers that look like, you know, a relic. And then he's got like your standard leather, whatever armor on well-groomed beard, slicked back hair. But one of the stranger things I want to run straight up to the dwarf and the woman. And I just want to just butt in almost like stand in front of the woman and just kind of like look, look back at her and the dwarf. So when's the tournament start? 
<laughs> um, yeah, I don't think you understand how this works. There's not so much a tournament. It's more of just a selection process. But uh, I like the enthusiasm. No, this is definitely a tournament. I'm gonna win. Uh, what is it? Like, do you, is it like talents? Is it is it fighting? Uh, I I heard it can be. I, I heard it can be can be crazy. Hey, uh, uh, it, wait, what would ma'am? Be. Do you do you, uh, do you do anything? I, I'm sorry. I do many things. I'm a blacksmith. Good horse rider. Oh, thank you. Oh, and whoa, those those bracers. The hmm. can I touch? They're they're so nice. Can I touch them? Uh, and, and he and he yeah. just reaches out and, 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 and have like, a, have tries to like feel them. Yeah, and he and I I kind of like run my hands down them. Uh, what do they feel like, Mark? Uh, they're they're quite <laughs> wow. Uh, they're they're quite warm to the touch. Actually, you'd expect them to be cold, and you kind of realize that it, it, it's very thin metal, and it's actually been pressed up against his skin for who knows how long. They're very tightly bound onto his forearms, so you can actually feel his body heat kind of through them. It's silver. It's copper. It's this thin blackened metal. It looks awesome and it really does kind of bring out and draw even more attention to all those small intricate lines you see up and down his arms and and like he kind of holds it out and you can actually see those tattoos run up and around his fingernails even onto his palms appreciate the uh, attention these bracers are given i uh thanks i uh think the embellishments are uh, really working you seem bright-eyed and eager how about a good luck charm yeah oh that that sounds great. Hey, I'm I'm searching. I've been sent here on a quest. It's one I'm trying to find a cure for the 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 hunt elder. He's Have you heard of the diaspora? I have. I, I've been there a few times. Oh, I it's it's great. Look, it's there, a, but, a bit too humid for me, but uh I enjoyed my time there. But look, our our elder, he's he's sick and I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I was picked to to go help and find a cure, and yeah, I, not that I need it, but I can I can take an, any luck that you're willing to give. Uh, do you know what ails him? And he does pull out from one of his bracers just a like leather bracelet that has uh, seven small pearls on it, and uh, hands it over to you. Yep, I I grab it and like clutch it in my hand. Look, I look. It's we know that it's magic. None of the clerics in diaspora can heal him they've they've tried so they've they've sent 11 of us out to try and find a cure and i'm going to be first I, I bet you will that enthusiasm is uh hasn't broken your spirit on such a long travel so uh, i i think you already have a good start so so do i wear this do i put it in the pocket do, oh. I, put it, do I like put it on my what do i do uh wear it any way you see fit if you want to here, here, here. Extend it. Rowena's gonna reach out and kind of grab it and like take Hunajul's hand and knot the bracelet around for him. Oh, thanks. Just like that. Oh yeah, this this looks great. I love this. And it's at this point you kind of both notice that the the group of adventurers that was kicking the uh like sack around to each other are all kind of just staring at your group of three. <laughs> And in the back, there's definitely like a gnome just with his mouth just actually open and like sees all three of you kind of just look over at him and everyone else just kind of like gets back to it. Like he just like turns around with the ball and like throws it up into the air and they all like get back to what they were doing and like slowly migrate further away from you. What's up with that guy? I have a bit of a reputation. The trinkets are to 
hopefully help that. I haven't had uh, two people start a conversation with me in 150 years. In the same day, just not in general. I clearly know how to speak well. No, you're quite well spoken. That's a bit surprising. Uh, yeah, I guess it would be surprising for some folk. I uh, always appreciate the fresh blood that comes through. Maybe I should have asked what kind of reputation you had before I took your bracelet then. <laughs> one I'm working on changing. Don't worry, no one like associates that with me, but you know, goodwill from a strange fellow. Um, hopefully it helps. But um, no, tell me, tell me, you, uh, regale me about this uh, tournament that you think is going to take place. And as you get all excited and kind of like bound up with the camera is going to just swing up to one of the roofs as uh, Cass, you've uh, been able to like shift on your roof a bit to, to the town square where it seems like a lot more action has been taking place. So I got onto a roof. You did get onto a roof okay, and that's where eventually. you uh, okay. looked on to that uh, uh, courtyard. You eventually wandered until you found a good climbing point, which came in the form of a ladder and a small jump up on top of these uh, two story roofs. And you've kind of like circled those blacksmiths and have kind of had this venture point every once in a while for the last couple hours. People have, you know, popped out of a door, rushed down a few more, popped back in very quickly. It doesn't seem like there's much time for meandering. A couple of the younger kids spotted you on the roof at one point, got distracted, and their elders kind of pushed them back to work. And that's kind of been the case. They 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 wave, they're polite, but they're not really willing to engage in small talk and fraternization. But I am now overlooking the courtyard, right? So I see the yeah, paladins, and I see the, the adventures playing mm-hmm, with the leather mm-hmm. sack, and, and I see Rowena and, and yes. kind of Julie. You see them uh, talking with a dwarf. You can see just this big group of people. You saw the weird interaction of uh, where everyone kind of just got slack jawed and agape when a tabaxi ran through town, touched a tower, walked over to the only dwarf that's here, and then immediately started accosting him, his like forearm and like knocking on his thing. And everyone just kind of like held their breath for a moment. And just watched them do weird intros, and then they all turned around and they like went back to like a very rapid version of the game they were playing, and like yeah. proceeded to get more room away. And I think that like with kind of you know one leg hanging off the edge, Cass is looking over and he's going, "Hmm, and what are you?" Hmm. And I will jump off the roof and walk over to this dwarf. Great. You've uh, you've been up there a while. You, you've you've been able to plan out your kind of uh, landing area and you're able to like kind of do the uh, Assassin's Creed jump on down and kind of like where, where there's been some like loose hay and things like that. You're like, oh, yeah, worked out. Good. Just At least it's I not intended. a superhero landing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever want a superhero landing. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Bad so you're just uh, real bad for the needs. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, you definitely kind of like jump down a bit more graceful and like are immediately able to like pop up into like a nice uh stroll and you, you kind of split that group of uh nervous I- I- adventuring parties where it seems like these two women uh, eventually came running through it looks like twins came in touched the tower they seem to be in a bit of an argument and then they see someone they recognize and go and join the other group um but yeah you uh stroll on through this strange cast of characters yeah i think that like as i'm strolling i probably try and like get into the game with the leather sack a little bit but i i totally biff it and like knock it away maybe even a little bit further than they were originally mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then 
I want to walk up to the back of this of this dwarf and kind of look over him, but bend over to his shoulder and, and be like, are you causing conflict? It's rude to approach a stranger from behind. Well, if I had a weapon, you'd know, wouldn't you? <laughs> True. I'm sorry I didn't catch your name. And then he, he like stands up and he says, and seemingly none of the rest of these people caught your name or they already know your name. A uh, G is what uh, friends call me. Um, introduce myself to this one. This one we hadn't got around. He was telling me about this uh, grand tournament he expects to take place today. A tournament? Yeah. And this is when he, when finally Castix had his hands as Cassillian Dydrove. Gee. And he'll uh, go ahead and take your hand. Is there a prize with this tournament? Uh, guaranteed work, good pay, uh, perks, bonuses. Again, I'm sorry to burst the bubble. It's not so much a tournament. It's more of a raffle based on potential and spirit. Mm. So we're here for a lottery. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, we, we we've all are pretty much entered. I, I know I didn't put in a day's worth of work. Wait, I'm sorry. What? Oh, yeah. If you're in city limits when the festival starts and haven't put in a day's worth of work, you're up to be chosen as uh, one of the uh, champions. Uh, what? <laughs> wait, no, no one told. Wait, no one told me about this. What? When does? What time is it? Uh, oh, we're <laughs> we're about high noon. Oh, shit. Um, and that's when we kick off. I'd say you got about a uh, two minutes. I mean, here comes the bell ringer now, and he like looks over his shoulder, and there's like this like younger guy like with like a bit of a, a an entourage behind him, and he's got like these nice scarves on. He's like, I'm the bell ringer this year. <laughs> oh, as he's like walking up and headed towards that bell tower. Rowena has fully like jumped up out of her seat and is like, you can see her doing the mental calculations of like, do I have time to run to the stables, get on my horse, and get out of here before that guy gets to the tower and quickly realizing she does not. Cass probably pops up and says, hmm, well, there's no real prize in a raffle, in a tournament of raffles, in a tournament a, a, of lotteries. No, no, no tournament, really. It's a, just kind of a selection process. Sounds like it's... But, but there's winners. Yeah, usually uh, a dozen. <laughs> Never been a dwarf selected. Been here 60 odd years and still haven't been selected. Whoa. And we are selected to be champions. Yeah, that's a that's a good f- word for it. You know, the the fated, the the fates really kind of just. You know what? It's about that time. I, I, I think it's better if you just observe at this point. As the first bell rings, I think Cass stands up and says, "Ah, I think that's just means it's time for me to leave." And he gets up and gives everyone a just a short, brief wave, like. I've done this gig before, you, and he walks. You don't want to win? You know, it's not about winning. Two, Sometimes it's about staying alive, and Rowena's going to head for the stables. Three. Yeah, you, you both kind of, like, wave and, like, bound off. The fourth bell rings. The fifth comes in after. It, it's at about the sixth where you get to almost the edge of the courtyard as you're power walking. And on that sixth bell, kind of all the doors swing open at the same time and now the streets are just elbow to elbow packed with people and they all have like mugs of beer pieces of bread sandwiches little flags with like light bursts on them you can see the symbol of a a six-pointed star that's been like tie-dyed and it has like a black pentagon in the center And, and everyone's just into the streets and it's one of those things where it's like oh there is 
a wall of people in front of me as the seventh bell rolls and you're almost just pushed back towards the center with just waves of people. Eighth bell tolls, there's cheering, there's music, there's horns blaring. 10, 11, it's just ringing. And on the 12th toll, everyone goes silent. There's just that bit of a moment. The dwarf like scoffs a little bit. And then just from above the bell tower, blinding light in just a flash. And then you're just automatically like can see again. And above the tower, about 15 feet, is a seven and a half foot tall woman that is in these beautiful blue sky blue robes that you swear the edges turn to the shades of dusk and dawn. Her hair is that platinum blonde that you only get from a thin cloud blocking the sun. She's got golden eyes and just radiates hope. And for any of you who've bothered to open up a book about the history here, a book about religion, it is unmistakable that this is the god of light that has descended and is here for the festival to select her champions. And with a wave of her hand, an eruption of cheers take place as a glow emanates from each of you, a red glow. Off to the side, there's a yellow glow from a group of paladins. And within the the group of the adventurers, there's a few that have a blue glow to them. The dwarf scoffs again, throws his hands up, fakes throwing a dagger up at the... uh, God just kind of turns around and walks away. A path clears for him, and the goddess, god of light, the fate, comes and stands, larger than life, seen above the crowd. Ah, well, I uh, guess it's time to cast some fates. whole crowd erupts. They see people near them that are glowing with this light almost from the inside that have their own. And the three of you are a bit shocked to see kind of a red glow coming from you. And and, and people just kind of pick you up and, and crowd surf you back towards the front. And, and seemingly you're all assembled and, and pushed and pulled into like these various uh, shapes. And so you have your cluster of three people in red and you have uh, all three of you are next to each other now. And you, you look across from you and you, you can see another eight people. You have uh, five that are in blue and three that are in gold. You've got three of the paladins, five of the adventurers. The twins you, you ran with are actually in that group there, uh, Jules. In the blue group? Yeah, in the blue group. It's, it's, it's a bit of a shock. It's a bit of an awe. There's lots of cheering. You're all assembled and a small hand comes up from the fate. Everything's quiet again. Welcome, all. It's been an interesting year, but we make progress nonetheless. So with a gentle hand and many gifts, we want to improve the quality of life here. And those before you have the spirit and the soul for greatness. I think these are heroes among you, ready to advance and to protect and to really inspire those that need it. 
There's just a big cheer as this kind of speech starts up. Wave of the hand, the gold light dissipates from the uh, small group of paladins. For you three, a brave journey calls you to the north. There's a bevy of spirits beginning to stir deep in the sea, and they've begun to make their way towards the coast. We have time, and you have resources. Do what you can. Fortify the beaches. And when they arrive, drive them back. You have my blessing and our hopes. And everyone just like cheers, all super excited. The other paladins kind of like get up behind them and like salute. They all like find their helmets from like their respective bags, tap them on, and the three that were in the lead give like a salute, a cheer, and they just turn and start marching off. <laughs> Someone it's in like robes and just like the mark of the gods, that six bursted star along with a, a pentagon comes kind of bustling out behind them and has like three like wooden boxes full of things and, and goes charging after them. The crowds clear, uh, some follow in behind them and follow them off town and play music as everyone like cheers. Another great quest has started and the most dangerous quest is next. These heroes will need your support, for they do need to act quickly. And gives a wave of the hand as the blue light descends from the group of five. It's the very worried-looking gnome. The twin human sisters, you can see them brandishing crossbows. What looks to be an orc shaman, just covered in leathers, furs, antlers, and horns of strange animals you haven't seen, as well as a uh, elf with a very thick book and uh, some light adventuring gear. And they stand at the ready. Wave of the hand, you five have the most perilous quest, but the faster you act, the safer it will be. A vile beast to the west stirs, and it may threaten many if not dealt with soon. A chimera grows, twisting and turning, adapting from the land quite rapidly. You'll need to seek this beast out. And its lair has been marked here. And like out of the sleeve descends like a rolled up scroll to one of them. Been marked and I've given you the information I can. You'll have the necessary supplies provided, but go with haste. Who will give these adventurers a horse? And like a bunch of people cheer and like run back to go get like their horses and things like that. And they get kind of a big bandwagon and like probably like half the crowd ends up leaving with them, carrying them off, super excited, horns, whistles, all sorts of things. It's a bit smaller of a crowd for you three and the goddess of light turns. Ah, you three. Waves of the hand and the red comes off of you. You're definitely the most eclectic group of adventurers, but I think your fates will be intertwined quite nicely. For you, a matter of the city. As like, with just that word, everyone is like, yes, thank you. Mm, we all know what this is about. What does that mean? Like one of the kids that's next to you, you're like, you're going to help the town, sir. The Gods of Lights, uh, one of my heralds will show you the details and where to uh, go about your uh, business. But there is a uh, elemental scourge that seems to have entered the city that uh, needs to be dealt with to start the process over again. You'll be doing great work. 
And with it comes great rewards. I can sense that you uh, may be in the dark about some of our ongoings. For you, three boxes as like another person in robes with the same symbol kind of walks up to you and hands you like three wooden crates. And in it is maps, documents, pins, badges. It's a, a, a bevy of knickknacks, seemingly. You all kind of get the gist of it. There are adventuring guilds in all of your cities, and these are the symbols you've seen universally. They're a bit strange to behold and have so close of these various badges, sigils stamped with things. It's not an easy road to become an adventurer. There's probably about 500 golds worth of fines and trainings and stuff that would normally be paid to get this sort of equipment, and it's been handed to you in a well-crafted wooden box with the mark of the gods. You three are full-fledged adventurers, but your adventure won't take you far. It's the city infrastructure that needs your help today, and a huge cheer comes from everyone. They're like, yes! All so excited as another, like, older, kind of crotchety guy in, like, some metal armor comes through is like, I will assist, and, and, like, does a deep kneel and a deep bow. Thank you. And for the elders, as, like, a group of, like, fancily, like, robed people uh, come out and are very excited and, like, bow graciously, some more plans that may help you in the future. And with, like, a wave of the hand, kind of scrolls appear in all of them to help guide you. For the rest, you've all put in a great day's worth of work. But for some, the work has just begun. A life of adventure, meaningful call to action, and a strange fate is among us. And just tons of cheering. People start kind of going away, and the god of light just kind of comes up into the air and observes, and there's people, like, throwing flowers into the air, but it seems like people have started to disperse. There's a guy there in, like, robes as well as some light armor with a symbol, and he's like, I'm here to, you know, show you the business that you're to attend to. It's a church matter. We help run the infrastructure. Kess sets the box down and yells up to the goddess. And what if we refuse? And, and that definitely draws a lot of attention. Like, there are crowds of people that just kind of like, oh, what? And kind of like, come on back. And and, and, and sh the, the guy is also giving you kind of like a weird look and she descends back down. And like I kind of put my hands up and I go, I've done this dance with you gods with less blood on my hands and experience in my life. What if I refuse? You're not selected for my needs. You're not selected for my siblings' needs. Standing next to you are two people that you have a chance to save. Uh, I'm not sure I really need saving. I think there's been a mistake here. I'm I'm not I'm already part of a guild. I'm not an adventurer. I uh understand the mixed motives for your arrival here, and I also know that you may not want to be adventurers. But there is threads that bind us. I and my siblings, the fates, we've never claimed to be omniscient, but we see sparks and we see threads. And whether you like it or not, three of you are connected. And the three of you, the three of you alone are in the position to help each other. And not just for your own needs, but for those around you. The journey you take on today, and all we ask of you for now, is to help this city run to help the infrastructure, 
The system is broken and needs correcting. And the skills you earn from this trial will set you up for the next trial, be it something that the gods see as a way to advance your society, or be it something you hold true to your hearts. That is what drive you. Is it not the heart? I don't understand everything that you're saying, but it's really inspiring. But I'm, what do we get? And he kind of like looks over at Rowena and Cass. If we get rid of this scourge, I'm looking for something really particular. Yes. Boons and gifts do come to successful champions. Uh, For instance, in your box covers all of your adventuring needs, licenses, regulations, small trinkets that might prove useful in your journeys. Uh, Upon completion, you have free stay of the town. You've helped this town. Everyone here will be indebted to you. Meals, board, horses for travel, wherever your adventures may take you next. It comes with admiration and it does come with pay. The church is here and their coffers are filled and an award can be granted to you. Rowena's gonna reach over and like kind of gently touch Cass's arm to get his attention. You uh, touch him on a bracelet that like jingles. It's the same bracelet the two of you have. And I'm going to kind of look and very quietly under my breath, just kind of say, maybe we just do the one. Then we get out before anyone asks us for another. Cassillian hears her, but like very obviously does not is not talking to her when he says, is this is this your doing? And he like bends over and picks up the crate and he starts just kind of walking back to get out from the center of the crowd. Great. Can all of you get me a perception check? Would love to. It's a 19. 12. 21. Nice. Let's start with the lowest number first because you all do see something. Cass, you go and like pick up your box after your little murmuring to yourself. And there underneath your box is definitely just the tiniest of dandelion where your box is, where your box was. It's just a small little thing that seems to have cracked through what is a pristine road as you just like get your box, pick it up and carry on your way. For the other two of you, you see... G, the dwarf, off in the crowd with the people, all kind of watching on about the group of adventurers that almost turned down the call of the gods. And you can see him from behind just make this hand gesture that feels like the unmistakable hand gesture of a knife being thrown. And it's just arced up and it Nothing leaves his hand, but it's just this strange gesture you get. And a moment later, with his arm extended out, he seems to catch it. This invisible, like, mimed knife takes it and, like, puts it into his chest pocket. Can I tell what it looked like he was aiming at? Was he aiming at the god? 
he was aiming at the God. There is only thing that high up. She's, you know, two or three feet off the ground. She's seven and a half feet tall. She's this larger than life figure, unless he was aiming for the bell tower, which like kind of lines up with the position he was aiming for her head aiming for with just a weird pantomime. Rowena's gonna grab her crate and she's literally gonna grab it and one arm it up onto her shoulder probably with no problem Mm -hmm. and kind of glance up at the goddess with just a look of sheer this better be worth it because I don't want to do this and I'm gonna head in the direction that G is. Jules looks around and goes to like kind of pick up the crate. How large is the crate? Two cigar boxes deep and then about a cigar box in size. Uh, You kind of open it up and yeah, there's like medals, badges, stacks of papers. It looks like a bunch of bureaucracy in a box. Looks through, puts it away, looks around at at the crowd of people. Hey, we took the offer. Which one of you guys is going to have a round of drinks waiting for us when we get rid of this fucking scourge? Make some freaking noise. The crowd that like <laughs> did what it just erupts. The dwarf kind of just scoffs. He's like, I, I'll get the first round and just like throws a bag up into the air. And you can see Lara Lloyd just like dive forward and grab it. And you're like, my pub in an hour. <laughs> and just like runs off with that group of people. Like dwarf kind of just looks back and gives you a wink and heads off to the pub. And Jules is kind of just like basking in this, doing like a, you know, talk talk show host intro and then kind of just like realizes that everyone else has left and just kind of like goes, oh shit. And then like scampers back after the rest of the group. There's like a collection of like the elders who have like gotten very close and are like asking questions about all the information. And she's like descended now and is like looming over them and like going over city planning details and like new technology and things like that. And she just kind of like looks up as you all are away and just gives like a faint little wave of her fingers fills you with a little bit of hope but you're like i hate this nonetheless and yeah this grumpier guy just is kind of chuckling to himself i uh yeah i've never seen someone try to deny the gifts of the gods but uh yeah um i'm, I'm excited i'm i'm going with you this is gonna be great oh we didn't talk about it back there just because you know it's not the most pleasant of business, but the city's really excited for it. We have an elemental that was cooperating and has just kind of gone off the rails a little bit. So we're going to go in, take care of it, and then everything should flow again. But uh, church doesn't have that type of manpower. But thankfully, we have adventurers once a year. So this one just lines up. Did this, oh, about nine years ago. Had to just kind of refresh the cycle for us. Uh, It's just down this way. As he's starting to take you down like thinner and thinner alleys. I'm sorry. I just want to be explicitly clear here. I showed up in town and just got chosen by a god to flush your sewer system. That's what happened? Correct. Yes. You uh, were going into the sewers and uh, we refer to it as the sewer elemental. It's a a water elemental that just kind of helps everything move and stuff. We usually have a good wrangle on them, but this one's gone a bit Got a bit rogue. Uh, it uh, took out the last caretaker. So, I'm sorry. It did what now? Oh yeah, we have someone like go down, just you know, check the equipment that keeps it in line, and it uh, got ambushed and tracked down. And now the sewers have been backed up for 
three weeks? Fires and fates. This is going to be a nightmare. All right. Let's uh, go. Don't, uh, the, the, the smell's not that bad. That's it's actually iced off most of the sewage. But like once we break that up, it's going to be kind of gnarly. I got to pick for it, though. But yeah, clearing out the sewers. It ain't glamorous, but it's got to get done. It's also a little bit more dangerous than you'd think. Um, yeah, we're, we're almost there. Uh, questions, comments, concerns? Many comments, none for polite company. Not understandable. When you say dangerous, like like how like a bar is dangerous, or like there's weird, uh, yeah, fresh weird blood. like sharp things down there. There may be some sharp things. Mostly, though, it is uh, compressed rogue magical energies that have taken on the form of a natural occurring element. And normally, when these sites of things occur in city grounds, we, we have those obelisk things, you know, the thing that the, the bell tower was built over. Yeah, that, that helps us control any sort of elementals in town. And then we got these guys. And he holds up like this black orb with like a strip of silver that has an engraved symbol of the gods, a six bursted star with a pentagon in the middle. He's like, yeah, we got these guys too. elemental control orbs, ecos. And these guys, they can help us, you know, direct them, give them simple tasks like clearing out the sewers, repeat this action until you're dead. They don't die, though. They're kind of eternal. But every once in a while, they start acting strange and then they need to be broken up. Yeah, they're they're pure magical energy in the form of an element, but everything gets hurt when you stab it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're, we're gonna, you know, go in, take care of the issue, and then uh, time has told us in, you know, a week or two, another small elemental will be born in the large body of water that is the sewers, and we'll start the process over again. Another 10 or 12 years, we'll have to do it again. So, uh, you got the short straw, but you still got a straw. Straws I've been drawing these days seem to be getting shorter and shorter. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. But again, smell, not that bad. Um, it's been building up some ice. It's, it's covered up. Um, so just be careful. Try not to fall in the water. But yeah, you know, real low-key water elemental, a little bit of frost buildup. Um, try to break off the frost as much as you can. If it builds up, it's just a little bit more dangerous. Yeah, sounds easy. Should be straightforward. Just you know, keep your guard up. You, you kind of know what we're going into. They're usually, you know, about the size of a horse, but they're not in the shape of a horse. It's kind of like a big orby blob. They like whip out at you with their tendrils and stuff. But honestly, the, the more we break up its connection with its form, you know, get your knives, get your hands in there, rip it up a bit. It, it'll eventually break up the magic that it is and start the cycle over again. All right. Yeah, I, I think that's good enough. Hey, wait. Cass, Rowan, have you guys ever um, tussled with one of these things before? Where are you from? Oh, I'm from Diaspora. It's all the way across the continent. It's a massive city in a forest. Uh, Cass walks I... away. <laughs> like <laughs> Rowan just kind of looks at him and goes, most of my life was breaking up bar fights. So an elemental is a little out of my comfort zone. But, you know, I'm very good at breaking things in general and she just pulls her smith's hammer out of her belt and kind of like tosses it catches it and just heads heads after Cass. Oh, so cool and he kind of just like saunters behind them <laughs> yeah and you, you come up to a nice grated door um very heavy iron and yeah the guy fumbles around with a bit of keys turns unlocks it like all right 
about 20 yards down, I'll open up another gate and you can look down at the gate and it seems to actually have like three orbs split in half that seem to be facing the other way that are mounted in the door of these uh, egos, the elemental control orbs. He's like, it acts as a kind of a barrier, make sure it doesn't just, you know, flood on up into the streets. But we're going to open up that door, take care of it. You're going to see those kind of around, make sure it stays down in the sewers, doesn't leak up anywhere, but just uh, stay on your toes. We're going into its home, so probably has it a bit of advantage. I'll lead the way. And he uh, heads on down, large clink of a lock. This one seems a bit more secure. He gets another key out twists that one too and is able to like pull the door open he's like pull it behind you pull it behind you the last one in and like walks on in and there's about 15 feet and then like a half pipe worth of like this frosted over water and then another 15 feet on the other side connected by this half pipe you assume you're not really sure how deep down it goes but this seems to be kind of like the waterway off to your right, there's just a like a graded wall that has these orbs sticking out, but is also covered in frost. And just the walls themselves are covered in frost. It seems like this water elemental has fashioned up some strangeness. Even more so that's strange is when you walk in on the far wall, you can see the word Cynthia. Not a nice. Perfectly off the wall, you can see Cynthia written in a very elegant, very nice cursive script on the far side of the wall. Oh, that's strange. I assume it's not supposed to be like that? I don't, I've never known one of these things to be able to write, let alone fancy schooling script, let alone, you know, any sort of crazed... <sighs> and he just kind of like looks down... And the entire wall of ice that was behind you has now just broken off and just been formed into a spire and just shot through the backside of this guy as he has about six inches of ice that is now red sticking out of the front of his chest. And he kind of just flops on forward and just cracks on through into some like brownish murky water. And is just face down, not breathing in the water. And as you turn around, forming back behind you is like this orb with like eight or nine legs supporting it down. And then it's got like four whips of water above it. And we're going to go into combat. Can I get some initiative rolls? Are you sure? Are you sure we're in combat? Question. Absolutely. May I have already pulled my shield off and gotten it onto my arm, or do I need to take yes. the first turn to do that? Okay. No, you definitely have your shields. You definitely were aware of the danger coming on down. You're not so much surprised. I mean, this guy was surprised, but that was kind of like the one attack it had from laying in wait, sure. and it chose to go for the guy in the fanciest looking gear. Fair enough. No, I just realized I hadn't actually declared that, so I wanted to confirm Thank you. Mm -hmm. To paint the pictures you get in your initiative is you all kind of turn around. You do see this orb of water that kind of ripples and bellows and is like lashing out about it. But as you turned, like there is no more frost on this side of the wall. All of the frost over the like river of sewage going through here has like been broken off. And this thing is just clear, pristine water at this point. And let's get an initiative order. Anyone in the 20 to 25 range? Anyone roll that fat gnat? 
level one. I shouldn't start that high. Uh, 15 and above. Double digits. A 10. Yeah, uh, 13. 14. All right. And that's going to start us off with Rowena. Excellent. I'm going to shield up, run up to this thing, and take a swing with my longsword. Because that Excellent. seems like a good idea, given the situation. <laughs> that is a spicy 20 to hit. Great. That connects. God, I haven't wielded a sword as a character in so long, I don't remember what my damage die is. <laughs> is a spicy 20 a critical hit? I'm, no, I'm trying to get away from dirty 20 because I feel like it's overused. <laughs> so I'm just trying oh. out other ways of saying a uh, non-natural Don't substitute 20. spicy. Yeah, I, I spicy feel like spicy is, is delicious good. and flavorful yeah. and yeah, good. It's, yeah. it's a very sassy way of getting a 20 without rolling a 20. It's spicy. Yeah. A 20 is still good, even if it's not natural. It just doesn't give me bonus damage. However, I did roll max damage, so that will be 11. Hell okay. yeah. We'll allow it. I would hope so. I'm about to save your life with my shield <laughs> at some point. Excellent. Yeah, you you run up, and as you sink your sword into this thing, you just have that crazy thought of, this doesn't feel right. <laughs> but also, it it does feel right in a weird way. Like as the sword like enters in, you can tell that you're disrupting it. There is a large ripple as well as it doesn't feel like you're dipping your sword in water. You've dipped dozens and dozens, if not hundreds and hundreds of weapons into water to cool them off. This is almost like a gel or some sort of thick viscous material. And as you pull it out, it's definitely easier than when it went in. You are definitely causing this thing some serious damage with, you know, max damage. Anything else you would like to do with your turn? You probably took about a five foot step to actually engage in on this thing. Anything else you'd like to get done? No, I'm just going to post with my shield. Excellent. And that will bring us up to Cass. Yeah, Cass sees this guy get stabbed and fall into the water and immediately sort of tries to like grab for him and pull him onto like a, a concrete ledge or like something like a ledge that's nearby that's maybe not like directly in the sewer so we don't mm-hmm, lose mm-hmm. his body underwater and then Great. in one motion draws his sword and swings at the ice because we're all in pretty tight quarters right yeah you're, you're basically yeah. on like a 15 foot gang plank of, of of space and it runs pretty wide but yeah this thing basically popped up 10 feet behind you was in line with this one guy took took the shot and got it there and so you're able to be yeah you're more than able to go in kind of just flip him up slash drag him out and he definitely has like that pale open-eyed look you've you've seen a few times before and you come on back with a slash go ahead and roll the hit 21 that's gonna hit for seven damage and then i'm going to use my bonus action to cast hunter's mark excellent this is a point of clarity. This is our first adventure, yes. new characters, level one. You can use Hunter's Mark before you make your attack as a bonus action. Okay, that's and fine. It's the first combat with these characters. If you want to do it that way, we can flip-flop it real quick. No, I, I th- the reason cool. I'm doing it this way is because it's like character lore. Is, this is the first time in a long time that Cass has been in a fight. And so he like he connects with the sword and then you know sees a mark on, on his hand and goes, Oh, right. <laughs> and with the other hand casts it and backs away and like suddenly it's starting to click the way he stands is different the way his his brain is starting to fire some of those cylinders that it hasn't fired in a long time yeah 
that rust is definitely starting to come off a bit and you're also like oh i hit that thing very well if i do say yeah. so myself and it looks fine which is concerning and that brings us up to jewels you have seen both of your compatriots pull out some pretty nice looking swords and sink them into this now rippling body of water jules looks at both Cass and rowena okay you you guys keep that distracted i'm i'm gonna go i'm gonna go make sure our guide is is okay look i'm sure he just needs help up and jules just runs over to the guide okay um just i look i'm, I'm sure you're gonna be fine but look just you, you gotta get up you gotta get up you gotta get up you gotta get up and he like starts like shaking him shaking him a little bit yeah you get up and you're like shaking him and like he's like bobbing up back and forth and on like your fourth or fifth shake his neck kind of just snaps forward and he just breathes in this huge exhale and he just like looks down at like this like broken piece of armor and he's like what the fuck happened Look, you you got hurt. I think you may have gotten gotten stabbed. Look, our, we got to get you to the back. We we got to get get rid of that thing. Look, are 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 you going to be okay? I I I can defend myself. As like he like props up onto his like shield that was on his back and like yeah, just kind of is cloistered and away and is very pale and seems very confused. Okay, and Jules is going to turn and uh, start running towards the water elemental uh, with the rest of my action and movement. I don't know how much you're going to give me. I'll give it to you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're able to get like the 10 feet over, give this guy a couple of shakes, and you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do if you don't wait. And he snapped yeah. too, and he's like, no, do that thing. Do that thing. Do that and like yep. he's like using his battle master things to get you this attack off yeah because jules has uh never seen somebody die before uh and uh yeah he is going to run and take a, a cat claw swipe at this thing yeah go ahead and roll to hit ah hello darkness my old friend that is a uh, eight total whoa not in the 20s first attack nope. um cool. uh, that one is going <laughs> to be a miss you, you kind of come in a bit low and, and this elemental is able to just kind of like stand up on its ends and is able to just get out of the way a little bit and you're kind of back into the defensive position and you're like oh th th this is the bad part now as this thing gets a little bit more active and like splashes down a little bit and it's four smaller uh, whip like tendrils kind of fuse into one whip around and then slash down onto the top of Rowena for you did the most damage to this thing uh, is a six going to hit no I am wearing armor and I have a shield <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, I didn't think that would Thanks happen. Thanks for asking. Yeah, it, it's real telegraphed, and you're definitely able to get that shield up as it just kind of like splashes this water whip. And you're like, it's water. How bad can it hit? This whip definitely felt like a wave of water concentrated. And you can definitely hear that just ting kind of cycle out from your shield as this whip comes crashing down. Well, and I think the move that she makes too, like... Cass would probably be able to tell the way that she's moving with a sword and shield does not look like someone who's used to fighting. It almost looks more dancery or choreographed. And then when the hit happens, it kind of breaks out of that and she gets a little bit of the like, oh, snap face. 
<laughs> Certainly. And that will bring us up to your initiative, so you will have the ability to act. I'm gonna just swing my sword around again, because it's already in my hand. Get that sword swing. That will be a 17 to hit. That will hit. For another 8 damage. Ooh, spicy. Yeah, you guys are chunking this thing. As, yeah, you, you're able to kind of, like, brush off that choreography step and get back into the groove of things. And, yeah, this one sinks true. And we come up to cast. You have your Hunter's Mark active. What would you like to do? So after witnessing the Water Whip hit Rowena's shield, I think that Cass kind of looks at it and, and pays not as much attention to her stance as much as, like, the sound and the power coming from the like solid, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 it's like, ah, and he turns and looks. And Mark, is is the body still attached to the wall? Is it like, how, is it moving in the sewer water? It, it has definitely come off of the wall. Um, okay. So it's not in the sewer water, but basically, what you have ahead of you is just a big orb of water. So I'm, okay. I'm thinking like three feet, four feet in uh, diameter. And then from it, it's got all these sorts of tendrils. It's got half a dozen to a dozen legs behind it, always shifting a number as it needs support based on which way it's waving, almost like a strange dancing spider. And then on top of it, it's got these smaller tendrils that then occasionally will come together to make these big, powerful attacks. Okay. Then I I will see that and then kind of rush towards it again with my sword and give it a big chop with my my sword. Great. Go ahead and Um, roll to hit. Does a 15 hit? A 15 does hit. Okay, excellent. And then this will also include my Hunter's Mark. Correct. Nine damage. Excellent. This thing is now like you slash in. You're able to get the momentum almost all the way through and you pull it back out. And the water surface level on this is now just like rippling as well as parts of it are like dripping off of it. And it's starting to get a bit smaller. It's trying to like wiggle and move out of the way, but it seems like almost the water surface is unstable. Almost like there was a small creature inside of it like trying to swim down a creek, kind of all of those types of ripples on it. This thing is looking very unstable. And that'll bring us up to Jules. Uh, Jules is just going to take another look back at our guy to make sure he's still standing. Uh, he's, he's like, crouched and behind his pretty large shield. Okay, but still... Yeah, he's, he's up, he's breathing, color is starting to fill his cheeks. Then... Jules will uh, run up kind of Naruto run style, obviously trying to impress impress his two party members and will jump and do like a flying slash to try and down this thing. Uh, yeah. I'm going to roll in D&D Beyond. Uh, nope. Brave man. That's, that's a 12. Same thing as I feel like, same thing as I rolled last time. Uh, you got an eight last time, which is... Very low. Dagonate. You got a lower number. You got single digits. What did you yeah. get this time? Twelve. I got twelve. You hit. You're level one. Things are not that hard to hit. Yes. Everyone's too jaded. I've never played a level one character before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everyone's forgotten their roots. Yeah. Well, this is a that is a six slashing damage. Six slashing damage, and this is enough. 
to just rip your claws all the way through it and you are able to slow down in the middle and you push through and kind of rip out from under it and as your hand kind of leaves that last trace of it this water elemental just disperses as if someone popped a like beach ball of water in midair and it all came splashing down in one moment bringing us out of combat and as that water kind of like splashes down onto Jules, he, he just like has this massive smile and just erupts. Did you guys see what I just did? I killed this thing. Let's fucking go. Rowena just sheaths her sword, looks at Jules, looks at Cass, looks over at our guide, looks back at Cass. Wasn't he dead? And then Cass, you know, kind of like just runs his hand over his over his eyes to kind of get some of the water off. And then, like, walks by Rowena. You can hear him just say, like, of course you don't care that I haven't been in a fight in 10 years. It doesn't feel like you care anyway. And then I, I like, goes up to the guide and um, and it's like, weren't you dead? I, 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 I might have blacked out a, a bit. I feel like it got me from behind. And then this guy shook me back to life. You must be a healer of some kind, right? Can you walk? And then he, he 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 turns and looks at Hunter Jewel, and then looks back at the at the guide. Can you walk? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I got my legs about me. And then he like just sort of picks him up to a standing position. Yeah, he <laughs> he definitely has a little bit of a weak knees, and he like checks himself. Oh, Rowan, will like come up there's... and just immediately arm over the shoulder him. All right, we're going. Yeah, he he he's like definitely thumbing this like three inch like hole in his armor that just has like his bare skin that still has some chest hair on it and he's like thumbing it he's like oh it's the strangest feeling how's it look in the back i will look at his back (laughs) yeah yeah jules jules runs around (laughs) like like a seven inch hole like it makes no fucking sense why this guy's standing up right now is the hole like open of the armor, his metal armor of like a like chest plate that kind of like went over him with like padded and leather. All the clothes are gone. His back's fine. So it's healed. But there's like a seven inch. Yeah, there's like a seven inch hole and there's just like some swirly back hair patterns on him. Yeah, it, it, I look, I, I guess it it must have. I don't look like it hit him, but I, it, mu- it must have missed him. Look, I look, I. Hey, thank you for your healing. I don't, I don't know, know what to say. What, I mean, the I get that the gods are in town or the gods in town, but you know, strange things have happened, and I I really appreciate this. The whole town does. I mean, this is going to solve a lot of issues and save a lot of bucket trips for the town. So I didn't heal you. I just I just made sure you were okay. Like I just brought you back. Yeah, to, you, to, you, to safety. Well, well, thank you. You're 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 welcome. Let's go. I, 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 I'm, I, I'd like a drink. I'm a bit queasy and could use a bit of a... Would you like to go see a cleric or should we just go straight to the bar? I, no, I actually, you head to the bar. Cleric's a great idea. I just feel like I'm you might I'm with like the it. church. I, I, I know who I can go talk to about some of this stuff. I'm sorry, you, you're, you're new in town. Um, let me take you to the bar and we'll separate from there. Rowena is going to just bodily haul this dude out of yeah. here. Yeah, he, he has the ability to walk, but he appreciates because he's definitely feels discombobulated about all of it. I don't think she necessarily realizes she's doing it. She's just like, I don't want to be in here anymore. We're going to go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's able to, you know, stretch his legs and uh, 
get to going with you. He definitely appreciates the help. He he does pause to lock up all the doors behind. You all made quick work and acted pretty seamlessly. I don't know about how much faith you have in each other, but you seem to work as a team well. Yeah, we were great. Did you see how I just slaughtered that thing? <laughs> I, I I did. It, it, it was it was good stuff. I couldn't have done it. That's yeah. No, not not me. Definitely not me. How how old are you? Oh God, I'm uh, not. No, no, no. Look at it, Jules. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Oh, um, I just just turned twenty one. Ah yes, that explains a lot, actually. What do you mean? Like it explains like how I'm able to like do all those flips. Explains how I'm able to be so cool. Explain, yes. Like- no, that's exactly what it is. I wasn't nearly as cool as you when I was twenty one. I'll give yourself some credit. Hey. I was an old married lady at 21. What are you talking about? I was born as old get out. Let's get you to the cleric then, shall we? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm taking you to the bar first, though, and someone will be able to help me out. You you don't know your way. Um, the Lloyd's place is this way. And he, like, points over since you're kind of the one directing his movements at, <laughs> at, at, at this point and has you, like, go off some alleys and things like that. Uh, can I get a perception check from him? I'm right there with you. Uh, 12 <laughs> no you're not 6 oh. <laughs> let's see if this one gets me less ridicule I got a convenient 20 hey, well, but hey. is that better now than you, spicy now, 20 well, now, now you're selling your 20 a little short <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about Just it's a convenient just, number to have to see things just admit that you'll never find a word that makes us both happy <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep trying, though. <laughs> so the six, not a whole much. You're, you're kind of marching away. You, you're taking I'm it all in. I'm still muttering to myself. Yeah, mm. definitely. You're, you're wrapped in your own thought. You're like, I should have done this. I should have done that. Like, I could have done this a little bit better here and done that better there. Beating yourself up. You're like, there's a lot more rust than you kind of thought there was. And then, um, Jules, you got a tail. Mm-hmm. Other than the one that's attached to you. What? About 40 feet back, kind of as you round a corner, there's a tall man or or a tall bald person kind of following you. Kind of pops up as you are popping up around these corners and like winding your way through these streets to whatever bar that Lloyd's daughter is partaking these days. As you get to one corner, he pops up for just a moment and you kind of make your way and you're kind of just taking it in and you're like, oh, could be a fan. You know, you're kind of kind of hot stuff around here. And then for um, Rowena, with your optimal 20, you definitely have your arm up around the guy and have like kind of the brace and you like check your grip. And when you go to check your grip, you notice on your bracelet, one of the pearls has gone black. It's, it's definitely a weird thing. And as you kind of like turn around the corner and you like try, try and spot the uh, bracelets on both your companions, they also all have one black pearl on their bracelets. Yeah, I'm gonna pick up pick up my pace actually. I notice that I'm like, okay, I want to get to the bar and I want to look for G. Great. Do you guys know that there's this like tall bald guy that's been like kind of following us? To I want to go like ask him what's going on. We're being followed. Yeah, we've yeah. There's this guy. I think I think he heard how good of a job we did, and I think he just wants to congratulate us. Upon hearing that, immediately Cass just ducks away, and I want to take a stealth check to get behind this guy. Sure thing. And you both see Rowena visibly look panicked when you say that we're being followed. Uh, I rolled a 13 on my stealth check. Excellent. 
Real tough not rolling plus nine every time. Let me tell you what. <laughs> uh, <laughs> rogue yes. mains, am I right? I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> level I don't even call myself a rogue fun. main. I'm just saying level one. <laughs> I have a plus five to stealth. I don't know what you're complaining about. <laughs> well, you're not hiding, so it doesn't really matter, does it? Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I'm just saying. You um, kind of duck one way as they duck another. You can definitely see Rana get a bit like nervous and a little bit more kind of just fast moving eyes as she definitely picks up the pace a little bit more. Um, you, you see your your, your new compatriots there, uh, Jules, break off in different directions. Mm-hmm. Who are you sticking with? I think Jules is going to just immediately turn around and like just try and like scamper over to the last time he just saw saw the tall boy not not trying to be sneaky not doing anything as he as he sees like both of them just go two separate ways he's kind of just like wait and he just stands for still and then kind of just like turns around and is gonna go try and Mm -hmm, try mm -hmm. and find that tall guy oh my god you're such a cat (laughs) 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 so curious and as you uh make your way kind of back down the alley he, he kind of just comes around the corner as as you're like maybe five ten feet away he's like i'm uh boy you uh where'd your friend with the green cloak go oh uh you talking about Cass? yeah oh i i don't know he he i i i, I lost him for a second but hey are, did you hear what we did is that why you're following us yeah chosen by the gods sent on a quest the crowd's really get in the way of uh things but uh fortunate i should find him i got some uh papers to serve papers to serve oh you is is he a delinquent uh no he's just kind of abandoned some of his rights um if you could get this to him it'd be much appreciated oh yeah is it just like uh just just a bunch of papers just a bunch of papers oh okay yeah no i i can totally yeah yeah i can give that to him appreciate it he holds out his hands and yeah, he, he like reaches into his cloak um, and as he does so, he's got like this big overcoat and he like reaches, he like pulls it open and he has got like three copies of this contract and he pulls one out and hands it off to you. It's big, it's dense, it like immediately unfurls and it is written in a language you do not understand. You mean it's not common? Nope. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it is not common. He's like, uh, go, go ahead and get that to him. It's uh best for his eyes only you know probably needs to keep his own privacy private but yeah uh, no i'll yeah, i'll i'll find him look i i couldn't even read this if i tried yeah but yeah I'll, that's why I'll, we do it i'll i'll get it to him but hey did, did you hear what we did though great things are bound for you i'm uh sure we'll cross paths again You're goddamn right <laughs> gods be damned right and yeah he just turns around and leaves and Jules turns around, processing that sentence for a second, doesn't get it. Uh, just like, God's, no, 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 God damn right. Yeah, that's what he meant. Okay, great. And and it turns and starts walking back, kind of whistling. Uh, I assume I actually got, I didn't get the jump on the guy, so I will just pop up. He, he, he definitely stopped like 20 feet away from kind of where you were, and it seemed like he was speaking louder than a normal conversation. Okay. Yeah. Then I will, I will just pop up right next to hunted jewel and i will look down at him or i guess you're probably my height huh how tall are yeah, you cat yeah, boy? around uh, uh, probably around like five nine. Oh yeah okay you're around my height. i will look at him and i will i will just give him a shoulder shrug and put both of my hands out kind of like okay what do you have for me oh it's it's the it's it looks like a contract uh and i can't read it here you go and jewels 
hands it over. <laughs> if y'all are done flirting back there, there's beer waiting for us at the bar. Oh, and it, right. And that bar really is just around that corner. As y- you'll you'll scamper away and you'll be kind of dumbfounded about like being served papers in the back alley of a town at the other side of the continent. Feels, feels a bit strange. And as you kind of round and the doors throw open, there's a big hubba-baloo cheer of like, yeah! And like there is a round of beers. G is there just patiently waiting by the door. It says, ah, welcome. Uh, come on in. Uh, how's your friend doing? This one? Uh, well, he got stabbed pretty badly. We thought he was dead. He's apparently not. Not sure what the other two are up to, but I'm sure they'll be here shortly. Uh, the Tabaxi's very excited about what we did. I still haven't caught his name. We're all here. Hey, so good to see it. Um, sir, you you look like you need a cleric. He's like, yeah, kind of think I do. I just, you know, strangest feeling. I swear the tabaxi, you know, help, helped me. It, you know, more than just help. Just want to figure out and understand what it is. And you're like, yeah, under- understanding's the name of the game. We should uh, get you some help. You you enjoy the round. Everything's been paid for. We'll talk again soon. Let me let me take this guy to the church. Enjoy your revels. Your your heroes. Your champions. First time here and you've been selected. Congratulations. Thanks, G. Uh, G, uh, could we talk? Yeah. It's a little quieter out here. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll be I'll... back for you. T- take a seat, friend. Yeah. And yeah, just like sits sits your uh, your, your cohort down that needs to be escorted and kind of steps out into the, in the wings. Uh, f- fellas, uh, drinks are a pouring. Um, those contracts usually go a bit better with a with a pint in you. As you're like starting to look at this contract, it has all this legal jargon and is talking about um, abandoning your rights to any unpaid debts to you. There was a small stipend that is now forfeit from you leaving your home. You cannot lay claims to any citizen rights of property. It's all of this big jargon and just all elegantly written out in dwarven print and is asking for like your signature and initials on various pieces of the paper just like checking off like yes i'm waving this right yes i've abandoned my um province that's been given to me back in alpine's peak yes i don't care about this no i don't care about that type of stuff and the date for when this was drafted is months and months and months ago uh, okay is there a fireplace in the inn <laughs> there certainly is. Yeah, I think I am sitting by the fireplace with three separate, you know, mugs of beer and nobody else around me and I'm just ripping each page in like neat halves as I read it. I'm just like borderline I'm doing that thing that every you know that like everybody does sometimes when they can't they don't have scissors and they like lick the edge of the paper and then rip it off over the table. Mm -hmm, You know mm -hmm. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I am doing that for every single page of this contract, and I am just gently placing it into into the flame, watching it burn, taking a big drink, and doing it with the next half. Love it. And yeah, Jules, you're able to take all this in. And Rowena, you you, you have G to yourself for a moment outside. Um, Yeah, you wanted to... What'd you want to talk about? And I'm just going to hold up the the bracelet and show him. Oh, lost tarnish. That's a pity. If, you, if, if, if they need a uh, natural oils, if you uh, kind of like just buff it, rub it with your finger a bit, uh, it probably will get its sparkle back. The the other two are the same. It's it's identical. Hmm. Does that mean something to you? I, honestly, you're the first three I've handed them out to. So 
No, <laughs> news to me. Um, I'm sorry. I, I'll, I must... I'll, I'll certainly. I'm. I'm not too familiar with you know precious stones or anything like that, but I, I, uh, I shouldn't happen. I mean, I I knew someone for a while who was very good with precious stones. I might have some papers or something in my things that he gave me. I'm sure, I could look it up. Um, hey, knowledge is power. Sorry, I must seem terribly no, you're... Uh, ungrateful. <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> on edge these days all, and the whole chosen by the gods thing didn't really help it did you might not get it but it did haven't heard of it not helping i'm sorry that you didn't get picked it's been 60 years it's all going according to plan but uh i'm gonna get your friend out of here and uh get him the help he needs take a drink take a pint enjoy thank you for everything and um i hope your plans work out for the best I think they will. And like pushes up the open the door and like time to get you to a cleric and just like hoists <laughs> him up over and fireman carries him. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, tabs been paid. And and we'll just start making his way down the hall. Kind of like whisk him off. And as he rounds the corner, you can see just this big silhouette of a big bald dude at the end of the corridor. Eleven Fates is an original D&D 5e campaign brought to you by the Torpid Gaming Network, a variety streaming channel and community for gamers of all kinds. Your cast includes Lady Bedivere, a.k.a. Alondra, Pylos, a.k.a. King of Pylos, a.k.a. Nestor, Sunset's Brew, a.k.a. Brew, a.k.a. Zep, and the Lord Bonk, a.k.a. Bonk, a.k.a. Mark, as the DM. You can catch new episodes of 11 Fates streaming live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash torpidnetwork. Those episodes are made available as a podcast and on YouTube every following Saturday. Mostly. Make sure to follow us on all our social media at Torpid Network. Or hop directly into our Discord server so you get updates on upcoming live streams, podcasts, collaborations, and other projects. And remember, here at the Torpid Gaming Network, we do three things. We have fun, we get immersed, and we do do epic epic shit. shit. Thanks for listening.